tip today in association with Slattery's of Pecan, your main Peugeot dealer for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Thanks, Pat. Uh, Eamon was on. Eamon, I agree with you completely. He's uh, talking about Eurovision and he says, wouldn't it be nice if we could pick the entry ourselves like we used to do instead of RTE picking it? Um, that's for sure. And uh, God knows since they started to choose among themselves up there, we haven't done uh, all that well. Uh, but uh, there you go. Some gobs are up there now making a decision, or a group of them. Uh, but there you go. Uh, Fran, I heard you talking about getting called for your vaccine, or not getting called, as the case may be. If you have not heard within three weeks from the time of registration, you need to call them. Uh, I had my first one yesterday, and it feels great. And uh, that's coming in from Mary Purcell. Hello, Mary. Well, congrats to you. And I'm delighted you're feeling okay after. That's terrific. Fran, it's me again. Fond memories of Dana. Uh, the year I got married, in fact, 51 years ago. Is it 51 years? Don't say that. 51 years ago, is it? And uh, But the good news here is uh, I'm still happily married, it says, and I'd love your prize, a second honeymoon. I think you might be confusing her. <laughs> you might be confusing our prize because our, our prize is for a hearing aid place in Emmett Street in Clonmel. But if, if you think that that might be a second honeymoon, you know, well, why not? Uh, I registered on the date given, Fran, for 60-year-olds, and I heard nothing. So 17 days later, I called the number given by the HSE, and I got no answer. But I tried again the next day. I was told they'd registered me, and I had a missed call after work last Friday. So I contacted them again on Saturday, and they said they might have vaccine left over that evening, and they'd call me. But if not, it will be another two weeks so there you go there's no hope for me at all then. Uh, Fran I hope you and Muriel are well looking forward to you coming back uh, to the dancing again that comes in from Paula Paula Connolly and uh, Paula says herself and all the fans in Clock Jordan well I'm delighted to hear from you all Paula and we're looking forward to it that's for sure Mary B the absolute cheek of you Mary B the cheek of you Mary B texted in to say Fran I know he didn't win but I think Mark Roberts Mysterious Woman was a brilliant song and he came second and it's a long time since Ireland has come that close and I'd love to hear it where were you Mary B because we spoke to Mark Roberts for almost half an hour in the first hour of the programme and we played Mysterious Woman so account for yourself Mary B talk to Doc 1800 938 007 Legal discussion on Tip Today is brought to you in association with Lynch Solicitors Clan Mel on the web at lynchsolicitors.ie and at divorceinireland.com. Delighted to be joined now by John Lynch from Lynch Solicitors in Clan Mel. John, good morning to you. Good morning, Fran. How are you? I'm very well. We're going to talk about the romantic subject of prenups in just a moment, John. Mm. But can I put something to you that I was speaking mm. about earlier on in the programme? I'm just wondering if the HSE are left open to challenge about our information, if that's put up on the web somewhere, our, our, our health information, um, are they open to challenge on that, John? Well, it raises all sorts of kind of issues and problems, really, I suppose, and for anybody who has got information, including ourselves, solicitors and that, accountants or anybody else, it raises that whole spectre that if somebody actually gets into your system, gets the data and then uses that data, whether you're in difficulty in the, under the, your requirements under the data protection legislation, because they introduced the whole data protection legislation to ensure that people's information 
was not freely available. And obviously, you, can, you can't get any more freely available than making it available over the internet. But it's, it's interesting, really, because I got a query there very recently from somebody. <clears throat> As you know, we have a website and we do blogs very regularly. And in a blog, you have the option in a blog to actually make comment. And somebody rang me <clears throat> saying they didn't realise that making a comment on the internet meant that everybody could see it. Yeah. And <clears throat> the reality of it, of course, here is that if you don't have the correct protection in place to deal with cyber attacks, you know, are you in breach of the data protection legislation? Because your requirement under the data protection legislation is to ensure that the data is secure. So obviously that's a question of fact and that's a matter of, you know, stress testing each system and I can't obviously comment. On of course, but that, that's the kernel of it, is it not, yes. John? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's the crux of it because if you like, <clears throat> we're all now, excuse me, <clears throat> we're all in a situation now where, funny, it was something that I was actually looking at, would you believe, and discussing with my service providers in over the last couple of months, the whole issue of security because we all know how you know difficult it is to remember passwords and how difficult it is and we all know that uh, as a general rule most of the people who wouldn't be security conscious would be using very easily hackable um, uh, you know passwords because mm. because obviously you use one you can remember yeah. and then when you remember it you continue to use it the difficulty with that is it's everywhere mm. and you know, it's really, a, I mean, it's striking how it's highlighted one of the major risks with technology. And it's the fact that, and I mean, even more so in the context of what has happened over the last 12 months. I mean, if you take it now, for example, that, you know, you're doing, I mean, and this is to do with information being freely available and accessible, more more the fact that it's now accessible. But whether it's accessible by cyber attack or accessible just per se, one of the risks of it is that, uh, you know, if you get information which is confidential, you have a requirement under the law to ensure that that is not freely available or available to any third parties without the consent or agreement of the person who has and owns that information. So you can just imagine where that leads you. I mean, if you're doing a web call with somebody mm -hmm. and let's say you record it or let's say there's a breach uh, and, you know, the ultimate nightmare here, I'm sure you and I will be watching movies over the next period of time where the world closes down because suddenly somebody is able to yeah. attack our internet system and shut us all down. And, I mean, look look what's happened to the HSE. And, you know, the point that you're making is a really very valid one, but it also leads you into that whole kind of scenario of, you know, whether it leaves organizations, be it the HSE or any other organization, never mind being open to data protection because data protection, as you know, and we're seeing this more and more now in terms of the inroads that have been made against Facebook and the major players in the market uh, where they're being held accountable for transferring information or rather they're being held responsible for not and being told not to transfer information between, you know, Ireland and Europe or Europe and America and places like that. So 
But the other one, that's data protection. And under the data protection legislation, there are substantial financial uh, penalties for breaching uh, data protection. The, the huge so, money, isn't it? Well, massive. massive I mean, you're money. talking yeah. about millions. Yeah. You know, I mean, it is huge money. But come right back down to your ordinary punter, if there is such a thing as an ordinary punter, if you know what I mean. I'm not disrespecting anybody mm. when I say that. But if you take yourself or myself, or we put ourselves into that category, and you know, you give a piece of information to somebody which is highly sensitive and that information gets released because somebody doesn't have the proper protections in place. Well, the reality of that is you're walking straight into the whole area of litigation and you're walking into the area of negligence. And negligence, there is no doubt whatsoever that when you're looking at the law, when it talks about areas like this, there's a duty of care and the duty of care is a fairly standard duty Mm. of care insofar as you're supposed to have the same protections in place as somebody should have in place who would be equivalent to yourself. So you look at the best case scenario for a legal practice, uh, you know, a radio station or whatever, whatever you're looking Mm. at. Mm. And you say that if you don't comply with that standard, you're leaving yourself open for, you know, negligence. If, if, and of course, the thing about the data protection is that it doesn't necessarily mean that there's a loss, a provable loss by the individuals concerned. It's a penalty. So it's more in the, you know, when you're looking at penalties in the legal system, you're talking about compensation on the one side, and then you're talking about penalties on the other. So you're kind of moving towards the criminal side of things, that if you break the law, right. you pay a penalty irrespective of what and, damage it's And to. either of those uh, situations that you're describing, John, is based on whether or not the HSE had done their very, very yes. best to protect yes. that yes. information. Is that, is, that, is that it? Yeah. Well, when you say very, very best very, very best might be a very high standard, but that they would be they would do what would be reasonably expected of them in the circumstances. Right. In other words, you would be applying a kind of a standard, a reasonable standard. You wouldn't be looking for right. you may not may not be looking for an exceptional standard. So it's it's similar to a situation where if you're taking a case against anybody, a professional, you know, a builder, a, a, a carpenter, an electrician, a solicitor, whoever, you're you're applying a test that says whatever might be reasonably expected from somebody of a similar qualification in a similar area. So if you've got a guy in painting your wall, he only paints half of it, or he paints two different colours, you know, I, one would be reasonable to assume that that isn't a reasonable standard. So right. it's reasonable standard. Are you, and, and I want to get on to the prenups, but are, are you mm. expecting to hear um, of, of challenges where this is? Like, if, oh, yeah. Yeah, if this information gets gets published. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and the, difficulty, the difficulty with it is, and it, it is a frightening scenario, the difficulty with all of this is that, you know, you're talking about criminal activity here. I mean, yeah. what about where it's not criminal? What about where there's no intention uh, to breach? And what about all those? I mean, what what often what I often think about, and I don't know whether this thought crosses your mind or crosses the mind of any of your listeners when you're ringing somebody and you get this automated response that says, we're recording this conversation for training purposes. Mm. I mean, the amount of companies out there that seem to be training themselves and what I have to say when I ring them is quite extraordinary. But the reality of it is that I don't consider that that's an out to 
to retain information on a call that's been made, which is highly confidential. You know? Right, so, so that, that's that's like broad, broadcasters depending on the the word alleged. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yes. allegedly. Uh, Will you speak to us about prenups then? Because this is becoming more and more of of an issue, isn't it? It's becoming more and more usual. Well, it's, becoming I more, suppose. it's becoming more common. Yes. Uh, I mean, I mean, my ultimate. <coughs> Excuse me, I seem to have a frog in my throat mm. this morning. But <clears throat> the the unusual, what used to be unusual is now becoming much more common. Yes. And the usual way that I would often look at how frequent or how popular things are is by looking at the website query that I get in. And without a shadow of a doubt, it's it's coming in there as number three. And and I'm sorry for cutting across you. Just would you just briefly yeah. explain what 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 a prenup is, or what is our understanding of a prenup? Yeah, a prenup basically is an agreement before you get married, trying to set out what the financial consequences of that particular agreement is. So instead of getting down on your knee, you sit down at the table with a pen and paper, and you discuss the nitty gritty of what's going to happen with you know what happens if. So the what-if scenarios, what if we break up, what if one of us dies, what if we have children, what if uh, I inherit something, what if. So it basically deals with, tries to deal with all the what-if scenarios that are there when you're entering into this relationship. And I mean, the thing that you were saying, why it's becoming quite popular, I mean, it used to be, I used to flag it and see it popping up, uh, you know, not frequently, but the circumstances that would often come up would be where you'd have non, what I would call non-national marriages. So, you know, marriages, marrying people outside of Ireland, if you know what I mean. And in that type of situation, it would, it would, wouldn't be unusual that that's the kind of inquiry you get. But now it's becoming much more common, where people are kind of saying to themselves, you know, and I don't, I don't know whether it reflects the changes in our society, I have no doubt that it does, and the fact that people are getting married a lot later and that instead of the stereoid uh, uh, view of marriage that you and I might have had coming along the road, yeah, you know, you wouldn't even thought, I don't think you and I would have thought, I wouldn't certainly have thought about negotiating the terms sure, yeah. at that point in time, but I mean people are now older, more mature, more wiser, mm. more world experienced, and they're much more inclined to say, well, I have an apartment. Um, I'm after funding this. I've gone through the, the mill of it. I've paid all the mortgage on it. Uh, what, you know, can I enter into an arrangement whereby I can protect this? And, you know, uh, I've got children from another relationship. Or, you know, you know, can we talk about this? Can we try and deal with this? You know, you know, if we do, you've got a career, I've got a career, I've got a, a business, you've got a business, how do we deal with those? So it's it's a very, mm. I would say, a sensible way of looking at it. But it, mean, doesn't, it doesn't have legal standing, though, John. Well, when you say it doesn't have legal standing, because that's, I mean, that is the crux of the question that you might ask. The, the, the answer, I suppose, let me put it in the negative. There is no reason why... You can't do it, number one. So therefore, it's not illegal to do it. Number two, there there is no reason why it wouldn't be respected by the courts. Because, and the only imprimatur on that, or the only underlying... Well, of course, there is the common sense thing that if people enter into an arrangement and it's in writing 
and they've their minds to it. On the balance, it's normally the case that they will, in fact, go and honour that when, when it comes. So it's really only in the dispute scenario. So it reduces the possibility of dispute, number right. one. Number two, it will, if, if, and that's the big if, and there's always ifs, as you know, in, in my business, but the big if is if the agreement is fair, i.e. if it's viewed as fair objectively, and if it makes proper provision, that lovely word that's used by your legal system, mm. which of course is is like uh, uh, Pandora's box, it depends on who's looking into it. I mean, the reality of it is that if the court considers that there's proper provision made in the agreement, well then it will stand up. So if somebody decides, and interestingly enough, not to be holding, there was a case, a very recent case, which, if you like, copper fastened my argument about always making an agreement, even though the law has it kind of covered to a certain right. extent. And the reality of it is that this couple didn't uh, were in a relationship. It was a committed relationship. It did break up, but it was two years after it broke up that they they started to have a disagreement, and therefore the legislation didn't cover them. They didn't have an agreement, and they spent probably half the value of the asset they were arguing about. So the reality wow. is, yeah. if you have an agreement, you have a much better chance of. Uh, Getting of course, sources. and and we always associated John with with extremely wealthy people. But I mean, would you no. ad, would you advocate its use in general? Mm. Well, I would. I mean, I suppose the older you get, the more uh, the more serious. What's the word? The more mature they say you get. I'm not sure. I, I agree with that. <laughs> but I yeah. I think the more you're around, the more you realise that people entering into a, a serious commitment like marriage should be looking at all of the various elements of it and one of the most significant elements of it is what happens if you break up and or happens if one of the parties dies. So the reality of it is there's no reason why you shouldn't talk about this. I know it doesn't sound very romantic Mm. but maybe you could have the meal first and the chat after. Right, but but if you have your prenup in place and you're you're delighted with yourself, and then you have kids, does that mm. that sort of water down everything anyway? Well, people might argue they water things down, certainly, <laughs> but no. But do you know no. what I mean? Like, is it definitely not worth the paper it's written on then? Because of course, the the, the kids' needs and wants and and what they deserve comes into the 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 well, discussion. <clears throat> Well, well, what you would argue is, you see, that if you do, if you do do a separation agreement, you will deal with the, you will deal with the children's side of it. You will anticipate that as to how that might be dealt right. with. So, like, if you have two earners, you might decide and discuss the issue of, you know, will both continue to pursue a career or not? If one doesn't, what will we do? I mean, really, Fran. It's it's as long or as short as you want to make it. Mm. It can deal with as many elements of it as you want to or don't want to do. And my argument, I suppose, at the end of the day, is not so much legal as practical. Mm. If you discuss all aspects of a relationship going forward, you're not going to cover everything. God Almighty, if you could, says you, would be all geniuses. Mm. Mm. But the reality of it is, you can hit most bases. And if you do hit those bases and have had discussion about them and you then document that discussion. At least if you have a row later on you can refer back to the document and say okay if we're going to change this let's see what it is we're changing and what we did agree. And the reality of it is that a lot of um, arguments that happen I remember very clearly a cross examination that I did in a family law case once where I asked 
one of the parties in the witness box. I said, but would you not agree that you did agree that you would uh, divide this asset 50-50 when it was purchased in 19 Blankty Bank? Mm. And the person said, yes, I did. And I said, so what's different now? And uh, I mean, why are you saying you won't do that now? And the answer came back, well, I was married when I agreed. (laughs) I don't want to be married anymore. I don't want to share anymore. Oh, God, I I, I shouldn't laugh. That was... That was the reality. Yeah, of course. What, and, and just finally, John, I mean, we hear a lot about that. Well, it used to be extremely prevalent in what we'd be hearing from America. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that because it has more legal standing in America than it might have here? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, is exactly. it? All right, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more recognised in the States, part and parcel of the kind of system over there that prenups are taken into account. But I mean, that's why you you get forum shopping. That's why you get fellas who are, who are American stars ending up in the in the UK courts because in the UK courts it's a much more of a fifty fifty exercise. I mean, right. that's the irony of the. I don't know that the English system has changed, but the Irish system has shifted away from a, a straightforward fifty fifty kind of split. You know, it'll be it'll be, it'll be interesting. I, I bet you'd like mm-hmm. to to represent either one of the the gates in in the the building. Oh, John, it's always a pleasure. You look after yourself, John. Thank you. Bye-bye to you. That's uh, John Lynch there, legal legal eagle even, uh, with uh, Lynch solicitors in uh, Clonmel, 1800-938-007. Margot was back on to say, Fran, if it was 51 years ago and you said you had a crush on Dana, uh, you were only two. Uh, It was a bit more than two. Um, but you're, you know, what's what's another year and all of that? Um, the lady that wants the second honeymoon could do with it. Says Jimmy. Ah, Jimmy, that's 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 not nice. Um, okay, Fran, I got called on Saturday evening, received my vaccine, AstraZeneca, and had side effects for about twenty four hours uh, after. But good now, and I'm glad to have got it. Says one of our listeners, where that is concerned. And the good news is that Mary B was back on to us after accusing me of not playing uh, Mark Roberts and uh, and her favourite. Uh, her favourite track, Mysterious Woman. She was back on to say, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. She's very sorry indeed. And she says she was doing the messages in town and she missed the chat with Mark Roberts. And she's very sorry. Well, all right then, Mary, I'll, I'll forgive you. I'll do my very best. Now, I'm told that there is a rosary tonight at the lovely Grotto in Ballyporeen. It will take uh, a place... Um, adhering to COVID restrictions. It's at 8 o'clock tonight and everybody's welcome. So that's the Grotto, Ballyporeen. Tonight, 8 o'clock, there will be rosary there. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie